Hello and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois. The crowd is ready for rock because tonight we have our friend of the podcast back again. She's been on a few times before talking Tom Petty and John Mellencamp. Tonight we're going to talk the music of the one and only Jack White. Sherry Adams, the uh, an L.A. singer-songwriter, joins us again. Sherry, welcome back. And uh, good to see Thanks. you again, as always. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm so excited. I, you know, go, digging deep into the Jack White archives here and like listening to all his songs and getting reacquainted to prepare for this podcast, I realized how much I love him so much. And I don't just love his music. I think he's funny. I think he's sweet. I'm like, love him as a person. And I know that that sounds like super fangirl. Like I'm a teenager with posters on my wall, by the way, I do have posters of him on my wall and um, <laughs> not ashamed. And uh, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I, I love him so much. So I'm excited to get you guys talk about him and get your opinions on what songs you like and things like that. So always fun to talk about things you love. Yeah. Um, for those of you listening who have not heard our podcasts on John Mellencamp or Tom Petty, check them out. They're on uh, your homepage, wherever you pick up Jag Bags. Scroll down if you uh, listen to those two podcasts. Um, and probably, you know, those are one of two of our more popular uh, episodes. So on the off chance you haven't heard it, check it out. And um, and just like we did there, we like to talk about uh first memories of um, uh, the, the musician in question. So, so Sherry, we'll start with you. Like, what, what's your first memory of, of Jack? When, when did you first become aware of him? I'd probably the white stripes, right? I suppose. Yeah, it was. And I remember I was living in Chicago and I remember I was in a band and uh, people were talking about the white stripes and I had heard their first album and I was like, mm, not feeling it. Don't care. Not yeah. my thing. Who cares? Like, I wasn't moved. And then I heard um, fell in love with a girl on the radio and I was driving and I pulled over and I was like, Oh my God, this is like amazing. And the lyrics, two sides of my brain need to have a meeting. She's, I was like, these are fucking amazing lyrics. And this, I love this guy's voice. And <sighs> there was no bass, but I was confused. Like wh- how many instruments are going on and what, what's going on in this song. And then, I went home and looked it up and then I was like, Oh my God, where have you been all my life? And I started <laughs> like going and I'm like, Oh my God, the white stripes are great. And then I started like, you know, announcing it to people like, did you know the white stripes are great? They're like, um, welcome. You know, you're five years late. And I was like, well, that's not surprising. Um, <laughs> I'm always oh, like, you didn't hear that till how many, how many years later? When, well, when did F- fell in love with a girl come out? Cause like- right when that was released is when I really discovered and, discovered Jack White in a real way where I really started listening to all of his stuff and, and becoming a fan. That's when I became a fan. That had been like 20 years ago. Yeah. But I think, I don't, I don't think fell in love was um, the first album though. I think the first album was just the white stripes and then. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2001 yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, most people that was their first, that was my first exposure. Then really? Too. Okay. Cause 
Definitely. I don't know. I felt, I feel like a lot of musicians around, we were like, yeah, dude, like everyone. But those are musicians. Musicians are. That's yeah. They're attuned to everything. They hear about everything. That's who I'm hanging out with, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, because let me see. I'm trying to figure well, I was like the, I was like the, the the uncool kid, you know. I was like late to the party, and everybody was like, um, "Yeah, yeah." No, the first was, album was '99, and that mm-hmm. came out in 2001, so that's not that much of a difference. Yeah. Let's see. And uh, and he's always so like you know um, stripped down, like his style is all it's always so minimalist. Yeah. And, he records on yeah. analog and and you know it's funny because when I heard them, I you know I'd been in bands my whole life and I kind of once in a while got behind the drum kit and just like messed around during rehearsals and I did not feel a calling to the drums at all. Um, yeah. And when I started listening to the White Stripes, I was like, oh, I think I could play that. I, like, <laughs> I, think I, I think I can actually I can play these songs. I think. And then I started <laughs> taking some drum lessons and my my drum teacher was like, Oh, have you been playing for a while? And I'm like, mm, just, you know, the 15 times at rehearsal when we're just screwing around and he's like, Oh, you're, you're, you're pretty good. I mean, pretty good is like, not the, you know, not exactly what you want to hear during a lesson, but he's yeah. like, you're pretty good. And uh, <laughs> yeah, then I, I got a drum kit and I was living in a condo downtown and that didn't go well. And I had my drum kit in the condo and I was like, I'll just do it. Like, during the day when everybody's at work, turns out not everybody works during the day. Um, <laughs> and I was getting calls and they were like, you can't have a drum kit in a, an apartment building. Like, are you crazy? And I was like, I don't know. I but yes, fun. there's this uh, White Stripes album that I've heard. Have you heard them? They're really good. <laughs> You're like, but you don't understand. There's a girl drummers, only two of them. Like, it won't be that loud. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, funny. Yeah, so that's my first experience. I mean, it really did inspire me. I was, like I said, I got a drum kit. I started playing the drums, and it was that playing the drums is one of the most liberating things ever. Coming from being a singer songwriter and using my voice always as my instrument, being behind the drums is so physical. Just like being a singer is, it's the most physical. I think the most physical instrument you can play. You're really using your body, and um, you get the I mean, you're just beating the shit out of something, which is really liberating. And I didn't realize how much anger I had in me. I'm like, oh, I'm really angry. Like, I really want to beat the hell out of these. (laughs) That's like, because that was Meg White. That was her thing. Like, she wasn't a drummer. She just picked it up and they were screwing around, right? Right. Yeah. Same same kind of thing. Exactly. That's why I was like, well, maybe I could do it too. I'm like, I don't have Jack White as my teacher, but, you know. With, yeah, with that aside, maybe I could still pull this off. And yeah, I, I, it's just a hobby. I'm not going to probably ever be a drummer in a band, but boy, is it a liberating experience to play the drums and to play, again, coming from being a singer only, jamming, and all mus- any musicians listening to this who play an instrument will know and sing, um, will know, yeah, when you jam, it's a completely different experience than when you're singing. It's just like... Um, it's just different. It's, it's really cool. And that was my first introduction to really playing an instrument and being a part of the sound of the band and be like, I'm keeping the time. Like I'm an important part of the band. If I just stop 
I'm not an accessory, like, like a little keyboard yeah. part, you know, I'm like, I'm actually like the foundation of this song, which is really cool. Anyway. Kind of sets them up, kind of sets them apart. I mean, um, cause their lineup is so, it's so unusual. I mean, kind yeah. of like a unlikely. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jack know, White is, he's such an innovator. I mean, everything about him from his beginnings, even like when he was an upholsterer and that was his own business. And he was like, you know, an 18, 19 year old kid and having his own business. And I had my own business at that age too. So I just feel like such a connection, which is so annoying to say, because I don't know him. I'm never going to know him. And even if I met him, it's not like we would be friends and he'd be like, Sherry Adams. Like it would just be like fangirl over here and <laughs> famous person over here. And me being like, you're great. Him being like, thank you. Um, That's how you are with any famous person, any famous person you feel connected to. That's why you like them. Right. Right. That's just how it is. Yes. Um, but there was so, there's so many parallels. Like he's from the Midwest and he had that business when he was growing up. And um, yeah, I just think he's, I mean, he's, you know, I'm not even like, I'm not even the same league as Jack White, but there's a little bit of some parallels that make me feel connected. And I even like played out in my mind if I met Jack White, because I went, <laughs> how it would go, because I went to Nashville with my boyfriend, who's a saint, by the way, to, we were going on this music road trip. We went to like, um, yes, one of the stops was Nashville. And um, I'm like, we got to go to Third Man Records. And I, at the time we looked up, why we, I mean, I looked up where he lives. I'm like, maybe we could just like do a little Jack White thing. We'll drive by like his studio. We'll drive by where he lives. And we drive by where he lives in Nashville and a car, there's like a, you know, gate and a, a intercom. And somebody's like driving through the gate, like out of the gate to like leaving the premises. And I'm like, oh my God, someone's leaving Jack White's. Maybe that's Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it is and i'm like follow that car and he's like we're not following jack white i'm like follow him like where is he going maybe he's going to get a coffee and then i can be getting a coffee and then i can like bump into him in line like follow the car so we start following him i'm not proud of this story like at all because i know it's like, <laughs> super not flattering to be a stalker girl but the timing i was like there must be a reason why this is happening of course you make up your own justifications for reasons and it's not really <laughs> it's not valid except you make it valid so to ex excuse bad behavior so <laughs> anyway we're following the car and we can't make out who's in the car because we don't want to get too close we're trying to like follow far enough back that we're not you know caught um like a bad you know macgyver episode like follow you know what i mean or whatever <laughs> um or heart to heart episode where you're like following and you're like don't let him see you Anyway, we get to Third Man Records and we just, we determine, I start looking up like what kind of car does Jack White drive? We determine it's not Jack White. It's like an assistant or something. And then we get to Third Man. Like, he has a, that was on Google? You found yeah, that on Google? Car he, has, so he doesn't have the, whatever the car it was. He has a black Mercedes. We get to Third Man record, oh my God. Records. There's a black Mercedes in front of the store. And I'm like, this obviously here. Inside. So, of course, I'm like fucking trolling the, the grounds of third man where is he is he here and i'm talking to the guys that work there and i'm like i look dude i know he's here just can you just have him come out for like five minutes they're like i they're like why do you think he's here i'm like because his car is outside and i know what his car is i'm like look i know he's here 
And then, and they were like, well, he's not going to come out. And I go, so he is here. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't get to meet Jack White that day, but I felt like, oh my God, there's just a wall between us. He's behind that wall. And for some reason that felt really like I'm so close. Like when you're a fan, when you're this like crazed though, it's probably not great. I sound really like I'm, I'm not a crazy fan person. is short for fanatic. Correct. So- um, that's fan behavior. Yes. I mean, you're but, a it's fan. Like, but I was not a teenager. I'm like 35 or whatever, 32 <laughs> years old at this time. Like it's not excusable. It's not okay. But I, I just got carried away. Um, and I, I had it all planned out what I was going to say to him. So this is what I was going to say. But <laughs> met Jack White, I would go, you know, um, I love your music. I'm a musician. You've really influenced me. And out of all your songs, I got to say that the song that was the most influential and had the most impact on me is Who's a Big Baby? <laughs> do, you know, awesome. do you know Who's a Big Baby? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Um, sure, I've heard it. Who's a Big look, Baby is, is like a bonus track and it's really, it's a joke song. The whole thing oh, okay. is like, dong, dong, ding, dong, dong, dong. who's a big baby? Wah, wah, wah. It's like <laughs> nothing that would ever influence any real musician. It's a joke song. It's never been released. I, I'm not sure where you keep oh, it. Oh, it's on, it's on Get Behind Me, Satan. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite album, actually. Yeah. So, um, But it's like his biggest joke song. So to be like, my favorite song, your work has you know, really inspired me. But the song that had the most influence was who's a big baby and he would be like <laughs> great you know it's like it's almost like a weird l yankovic song it's like super left field of what he ever does and yeah so that's what i was gonna say to like set set myself apart from everybody else who's like seven nation army man that's you know or denial twist or whatever <laughs> had it all planned out you guys and it it may not- yet happen yeah yeah who knows you never know that's um true. So if you had to pick your top five all time, because that's a tough, um, that's a tough task picking like your all time top five, like Jack White or Jack White related albums, just because I just get confused because he's got his fingers in so many pies and there's so many different incantations. But do you, what are your five favorite albums? Yeah, he's, he's put out so much content, musical content in his life life he is so he never um, prolific and yeah oh i mean it's just i would love to see i know you i i i know you asked me a very specific question but i always think about like god i'd love to see if he could direct a movie or write a movie he just seems like he's so creative on so many levels i'd love to see what else he could do um but yeah my five favorite albums you know it's not as hard for me to pick out my favorite jack white stuff because i really kind of stay in the lanes of um the White Stripes and the Raconteurs. I, I don't really like the Dead Weather. Sorry, yep. everybody who does, but just, <laughs> I want to hear Jack White. I don't want to hear Allison, whatever her name is. Um, Lost Heart. Yeah, it's like, I just like, I'm like, eh, whatever. And then his solo stuff is, some of it's really great, but I'm just, I want to rock and I want to rock hard. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's those, those are the lanes I stay in. So my favorite albums in no particular order are, Elephant, Get Behind Me, Satan, Icky Thumb, Consolers of the Lonely, and Distill, which I guess means the style. So Distill. What was your third one? Icky Thumb. Oh, Icky Thumb. Okay. Yeah. And this is really in, like I said, no particular order, but 
maybe get behind me. Satan is probably might be my favorite. If I had to like, um, choose one, like, you know, my desert Island, uh, album <laughs> would probably be that one. Yeah. What about you guys? Oh, then you go. That, that's a really good, I'm, I'm, I'm only a, I'm mainly a white stripes guy myself. Gotcha. I got, I have get behind me Satan first. Then I have Jack White solo blunderbuss. Mm-hmm. Then I have Broken Boy Soldiers, Rackin' Tours. And then I have Elephant, White Stripes, and Lazaretto, Jack White Soul. Those are my five. I remember you talking about that uh, on Facebook or something where you were, or maybe we talked about it in passing on one of the other podcasts. But I remember you saying you really liked Lazaretto and you were yeah. really into that album. And yeah, it's, it's a solid album for sure. Good choice. Good choices. Yeah, I like his solo stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Pretty much all of his stuff, though. It's not like you ever put any of his stuff for for me at least. You put any of his stuff on, you're like, yeah. I, I pretty much like. Yeah, nothing almost, is cringe. Almost all of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, everything is solid and like, arguably, um, fantastic, and it you know, it's musical and beautiful and fucking rocks and yeah, heartfelt. Everything. He's he's great. Yeah. Would he say? Would you say he's your favorite? Or is he like, where does he rank if he's not your favorite? Um, is that a question for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's my number one. I think he is the greatest. He's the guy. He is one of the greatest rock stars of all time. He's definitely in my top five of all time. Yeah. Uh, stage presence, innovator, um, creative, his just the entrepreneurial. Well, we want to put you on the spot, though, is where does he rank <laughs> in your top five? That's oh, what um. You know, I mean, gosh, you know, we, you know, we've got the Beatles and the Stones and um, Zeppelin and that can never be, I don't think those are immovable. Those are immovable. I don't think those are ever going to be taken out of the top notch. So he might be like four or five for me. So right behind those three. Yeah. I would say, yeah. 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 I I am a huge, huge super fan. Um, and like, like I was saying earlier, I feel really connected to him. I think, you know, he grew up Catholic. He grew up in, in Midwest. He's He wanted to be a priest, he said. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, he was going to go into a <laughs> seminary. Did you see all those Conan clips? Did you see him ever on Conan talking about Catholicism? And No. No. Which is oh weird because I love Conan, but I, I don't yes. think I've ever seen him talk to Conan. Oh, my God. You got to Google it when we get off. And you have to just, like do a deep dive he's got so many interviews with conan and conan is the, they both grew up catholic and strict catholic like going to catechism and ccd and i did too i had nuns watching me because my long story but my mom was always working and the nuns would watch me and i stayed in the convent for many days um so but him and conan are talking about uh these like conan's testing him about like just obscure Bible Catholic, you know, laws and principles and whatever. And he knows it. And he's like, well, the father, son, Holy ghost. And what that means is this. And I mean, it's, it's really fascinating how much knowledge he has because I grew up in the same way and I didn't retain any of it. And I don't, (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm a lapsed Catholic, but it sounds like he's pretty, uh, pretty uh, devoted to it still in some way, whether it's practicing or believes it or whatever. So uh, he seems like a really smart guy. Yeah, he does. He's um, 
but you don't get any of that in his music. Uh, There's not like any, like if you didn't know this about him, you wouldn't get this from his music. There's never like any songs like Jesus is my buddy or anything. (laughs) That's why it's surprising. That was the rejected uh, album. Jesus (laughs) is my buddy. Yeah. I think that song was going to be on um, white blood cells, but. uh, Or get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) By the way, Satan. I guess the title. Okay. So there's, there's an example, I guess. By the way, Bruce Springsteen has sent over many faxes, you know, with this hurt feelings. And he says, oh, yeah. you know, you gotta- you know uh, why doesn't Sherry like me? I also grew up Catholic and uh, oh. I also, um, you know, have you read the- them all. Read the faxes, Beef. Uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bore the readers with uh, all of them. There are quite a few. And uh, yeah, the one is just like, you know, uh, you know, uh, dear uh, Lennon Beef, you know, really, uh, uh Enjoy Sherry Adams' appearances on Jagbags. Uh, a little hurt by the, uh, you know, pot shots taken at me. I work very hard. I practice my <laughs> instrument. Uh, I write my own songs, and I'm very successful. I have a new album coming out uh, full of cover songs. I'd like to get your opinion on it. Uh, please stay in touch <laughs> and try to like me. Yours, yours sincerely, Bruce Springsteen. So, uh, you know, that's one. There's a lot, but I mean, there's uh, a big stack. You know, desk. There's a big stack. I guess. Our intern Ron Ron brought him over. <laughs> it's, well, like, it's like once a week. <laughs> it is. It really is. Oh. He's definitely uh, taken on the boss position in these letters. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him a little <laughs> nod for that. Good job, Bruce. Finally. <laughs> There's one of them lonely. There's there's another fact that said you know that nickname was given to me. I didn't. It's not like I made it up and gave it to myself. Uh, <laughs> sincerely, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I like the one where he signed it, "Lonely in a Hotel Room." I that <laughs> Heartrending. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but we digress. Uh, um, you know that's so interesting that you know because a lot of people. What did you think? A lot of people rank him that highly. Like they put him up with like the top of the top, like right there with 70s rock giants. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it's kind of, um, you know, it's a testament to him. I mean, and that he can like kind of like play something that's you feel like oh it's already been done to death so many times but he finds a way to make it new and like exciting and like what do you think it is about his music that's so because first of all do you agree with it that he's kind of like 70s i mean he obviously loves that all that blues and rock music but he finds a way to do interesting things with it to bring it into this century yeah what do you think like sets him apart from like somebody who's just kind of recycling rock and roll and not doing anything original. That's a tough question because basically the question is what makes him original? And I think what makes him original is, I mean, number one, now he's been copied so much. I mean, there's so many bands that sound like him. Right. And You know, his voice is really original. The, the, make having um just guitar and drums and uh yeah i mean he's just doing blues i mean sometimes he's doing old blues songs that are from like you know 50 60 years ago so he's not reinventing the wheel necessarily but 
it's him. I mean, it's his own interpretation of it. And his interpretation just happens to be really cool because he's right. really cool. And that's, I think he, that's really what it boils down to is he, he just makes really good choices and really good decisions. And, um, and when I'm listening to music, that's what I'm thinking when I determine that I really am a fan of someone. I'm like, wow, I just really like all the choices they made. Like they could have put, um, you know, they, they went for a sax solo in this song and they could have done anything. Like you're sitting there with all the options in the world of what instruments do you want to put in the song and how do you want it to sound? And you have to make choices when you're in the studio of what, what are you going to do here in this bridge and how long is this bridge going to be? And would you want to repeat yeah. it? And so he just happens to be really good at, at trusting his gut and, uh, making good choices. I, I think, I think mm-hmm. that's, and I, I know that's like a very vague kind of answer, but I can't really. Oh, it's, it's interesting. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to say why is somebody so good or so cool or so original? It's just like, because it's, they're cool and original and, you know, make, they're just. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, inter- yeah. it's just I, interesting to think about, or, you know, I, it I like is, it definitely about. is like, um, so, you know, like you guys know the black keys, right? The band, the black keys. Yes. So there's a funny story about Jack White. Um, you know, he hates the Black Keys because he thinks they ripped him off. Did you know right. that? Okay. Right. So he like really, really hates the Black Keys. The, the Black Keys, and he, um, he, I guess the, the Dan Auerbach, the the main dude from the Black Keys, moved to Nashville, and his kids are in the same grade as, as Jack White's kids. I mean, I've, I know this story. I think it's the funniest story of all time. Oh, it's so yeah. funny. And it's so hilarious. I'm glad you know it because it's it makes – when I first heard it, I was dying. So he doesn't like them, and he's like, they ripped me off, <laughs> and they ripped off my sound, and now they go to – now they fucking live here in Nashville. And now him, Dan Auerbach, and his kids are going to the same school as my kids, and I want to take my kids out of that school because I don't want to spend the next 12 years sitting <laughs> – sitting in kids chairs next to someone who's ripping me off that I can't stand, which I'm just picturing Jack White at like parent teacher conferences in these tiny desks, like sitting next to Dan Auerbach and what teacher, how lucky is that teacher? Like Dan Auerbach and Jack White are both, you know, I mean, hilarious. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah. So I wonder uh, if Dan Auerbach tells his kid to go up to Jack White's kid and be like, you know, your old man needs to relax. <laughs> yeah, no, sort of like stuff like that, you know, and uh, right. You know, um, uh, whatever Arbach's kid's name is, you know, Dan Jr. Dan Jr. says you need to relax. Like, I will. You tell him. Oh, hilarious! My dad. I love that story so much. Daddy. No, yeah, my right. Daddy's better. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, uh, and he even at, at one in one interview said Jack White said that the Black Keys even. St- copied their name he's like the white stripes the white stripes of a piano and then the black keys on the piano he even like aped our name so yeah he's he's uh it's funny yeah it's funny um do you guys know the jack white guacamole story no what's that no okay so um i guess jack white has a writer in his um in his contract of his, like when he books gigs that they have to have guacamole in like already made. So, uh, 
so I'm going to read it. Okay. It says, we'd love to have the guacamole around 5 PM. This may seem demanding, but, uh, uh, the, but, uh, that, but, but you don't want, you know how guacamole gets when it's sitting around. So his tips <laughs> are, uh, that you should mash it up, but don't, don't uh, chop it. Don't mash it too hard. I want the chunks of the guacamole in there. Oh my Leave God. the pits. Um, and uh, he gives the recipe. He wants four vine-ripened tomatoes diced, a half of a yellow onion, a full bunch of coriander chopped, four serrano peppers, one lime, salt and pepper. This goes on and on. And so this got released. It got leaked oh. that he had all this. So here's the yeah. instructions. Mix in a large bowl. Careful not to mush the avocados too much. We want it chunky. Once properly mixed and rested, add the pits into the guacamole and even out the top with a spoon or a spatula. Add half a lime to the top layer so you cover most of the surface with the juice. The pits and the lime will keep it from browning. It goes on and on. So um, it got really- You wonder if he's complaining like uh, the top was not uh, uh, flattened properly with the spoon. It was a bump. Who's the joker in charge of my guacamole? So, um, so then it got released and Jack White was like really offended. He was like, look, it's a joke to who can make the best guacamole. We just have a laugh about it in the band. I didn't even put it in the writer. My manager did. It's just a big joke. It's just, it's, it's not, I'm not a diva. And everyone (laughs) kept talking shit about him. So he released a letter to the American people about his guacamole. (laughs) Here's Jack White's letter, which is all, there's no capital letters. He doesn't believe in capital letters. It looks like it's written like a song is kind of written, like the way he uh, formatted it. Um, Dear journalists and other people looking for drama or a diva, even in the age of the short attention span internet article, it's still hard to believe you are still writing about this. Wow. (laughs) Classy guys. Seems like there's a new rule, number one, for up-and-coming journalists. Don't let the facts get in the way of clickbait at the risk of incurring even more of this hoo-ha. And I've definitely turned my cheek more than once lately. And even though our management sent out a letter to clarify this, and since this seems to be anyone can ask me about lately, here's the real deal, and hopefully I'll explain this nonsensical scenario and we can move on with our lives First off, this is none of your business, but I have no specific demands in my dressing room. I know I could ask for lots of things, but I actually don't ask for anything. I take it with I take with me what I need, and that ain't much. Anything on the rider is for the band and the crew. This guacamole, this guacamole recipe is my hilarious tour manager manager's inside joke. The letter goes on and on, and then he ends the letter with I don't even know how to make Kool-Aid, let alone cook any real food enough to have any recipes. <laughs> And then he goes, sorry, I don't have that talent. I, I can't cook at all. So it was really funny. That um, is hilarious. Sounds yeah. like someone's protesting a little yes. too much. Yeah. It's I, like, I Jack, mean, we, we think your writer is funny, Jack. We don't, we're not, we're not, we're not hating on you because you have a guacamole writer. You should have no brown M&Ms and guacamole writers. There, You're Jack White. We're okay there's such worse things in the world, like Motley <laughs> Crue's writer. Like, Jesus, Lord. Uh, right. You know, I want all the lines of cocaine waiting for us when we walk in. I'm right. sure that's on their writers. And Jack White's got guacamole. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. And it's so benign. Like, he's got a guacamole recipe. It's so cute, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, you'd think he'd have a thicker skin, like laugh about it. Oh, he was so offended. He was so offended. Like, I've got to clear the air. (laughs) About my guacamole. Yeah. Stop talking about my guacamole recipe. I could just, 
Like, it sounds like an SNL skit. Like, stop talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he's he is like uh, credited with, you know, um, spearheading this like garage rock or post punk revival because. You know, not only you, you didn't have the not only did you have the white stripes, but then you you had the black keys and you had the strokes mm-hmm. and you had Kings of Leon. And then in the UK, you had Arctic Monkeys and uh, Libertines. And but it seems like he started it or he kind yeah. of like spearheaded that you know, that whole movement. I mean, do you agree with that? that I do. You know? I mean, I, I remember like hearing commercials coming out that sounded like just complete ripoff of Jack White's sound and the White Stripe sound and just trying to sound like his voice and trying to sound really lo-fi. And, uh, you know, I mean, his guitar sound is pretty distinct. I mean, because he he doesn't have like expensive guitars he's still got like a montgomery ward remember montgomery ward yeah yeah Um, he's got like a montgomery ward guitar and i mean he's just uh yeah i I do to answer your question i do think that he uh spearheaded it and i think that uh, there's been a lot of copycats and that's that's bound to happen i mean that's that is what happens in music and i'm okay with that because actually some of the copycats i really like like i like the black keys and i like i like the black keys too I like all those sounds. I like the lo-fi grungy, mm-hmm. I mean, not grungy, like grunge from the nineties, uh, but I like that just stripped down. I should say stripped down uh, lo-fi fucking raw rock sound. And, you know, did you guys know that um, in, Eng- in um, Europe, in England, when at soccer games, they sing the guitar line of seven nation army in the audience. I believe it. I mean, that's such yeah. a talk about like an ultimate football or sports kind of stadium song. I mean, that's yeah, it's an anthem. Like, they go, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's all oh. over. Yeah. And the whole crowd sings it. And I'm like, wow, that's not even a, it's a guitar line trying to sound like a bass line. It's not a vocal melody. It's not We Will Rock You by Queen. It's just a melody. And like, that is. What an achievement that is to be like, you Couldn't know, having that being people singing that in anthems around the world. Like that's just yeah. a testament to how catchy his music is and how great he is. I just, yeah. So was it and hard? Everybody to- in the audience always goes, this is a song about gossip. <laughs> <laughs> Does this inspire you sports teams? <laughs> Don't talk behind other people's backs there, Brad Underwood. Uh, Brad Underwood. Uh, so, uh, Sherry, was it hard? To, it must have been pretty hard to pick a 45-minute That was really tough. My play, yeah, that was harder than the albums for me because, right. and by the way, I don't think I accomplished what you want on this because I, 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 I started making the list like just okay what are my favorite songs and that was that was like 40 songs I'm like okay that's not 45 minutes I'm like, well, what would be? Then, yeah. say like there's like an it might alien work on some white stripe songs because some of them are like an hour a minute and a half right i was like i, I didn't like do it i right. should have done it on spotify so i could see like is this actually 45 minutes but i didn't i was just like pen and paper old school sitting there just brainstorming like what are my favorite songs like and how I define my favorite songs is what do I 
listen, what is my go-to when I want to rock or when I want to have like a completely amazing kind of pure white stripes or, you know, rack on Jack, I'll just call it a Jack white experience. When I say Jack white, I don't mean solo. I mean all of his work. So when I want to have that Jack white experience and I think of the songs that make me feel connected to him and um, make me feel really rock and roll liberated. Those are the songs that I chose. So the songs that didn't make it, it doesn't mean that they're not amazing. It just means for me, um, they're not, it, they don't make the cut for what I want to feel. And my feelings right. about music for, for Jack White is I want to rock and I want to rock really, really fucking hard. <laughs> like right. that's the prerequisite of like, what's, what do I want to get out, out of this experience from listening to Jack White? And it's always, I want to rock. And that's yeah. obviously that's not the case with other artists. Like if, if I'm listening to you know, um, if I'm making a Madonna playlist, it's not going to be, I want to rock. It's going to be something else. Like what is the emotion that I want to feel right. when I listen to this artist and with him, I just want to feel like liberated and rock. So yep. yeah, which is good. I mean, that's a, like what albums just make you want to like flip a table or yeah. Like yeah. take a baseball bat to a fucking car and yeah. destroy property. That's what really gets, I want to destroy property. Like <laughs> that's what that that's rock and roll is to you. That means let's yeah, destroy, destroying, <laughs> destroying other people's hard earned, hard working mailboxes, windows, whatever. Just like I'm fucking your shit up. And I'm right. Gonna rock equals it. violence. Like, we're yeah, taking a does. baseball bat to shit. <laughs> Rage. <laughs> so so that's how you picked so that's how you got it down in even further yeah yeah so this is the car bashing playlist, well, playlist. Before, <laughs> before we do our playlists yeah oh, can we talk about some other stuff that i have notes on yeah yes sure. all right first thing what do you think of uh don't hurt yourself um the song he did with beyonce i think that's a great song I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I don't love, it's hard for me to like most duets that are forced for like a movie. Was it for a movie? Nope, it's on Lemonade. Oh, it's on Lemonade. Okay, yeah. so they both like wanted to do that just for the joy of writing. Yeah, he doesn't sing on it. It's just him playing guitar. Yeah. Um, you know what it is? I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. I, I don't either, but that album's great. Yeah. Um It's all right. I think okay. <laughs> as long as okay, because he did that one with it's Alicia Fine. <laughs> he did that Alicia Keys one, right? Too? Is it Alicia Keys? Did he do one with her yeah, too? Yeah, he did a uh Bond theme with her. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that was like just okay. Uh, yeah, those are just okay for me. Mm -hmm. I don't really have much more to say about those, but I mean, you he know, produced, he produced that song too. The yeah. yeah. I'll have to give it another listen. And he wrote it with, <laughs> listen to people who wrote, oh, oh, cause they do a sample of a Zeppelin song. That's why they're listed on there. There's a sample of a Zeppelin song on it and it was him and Beyonce and someone named, do you know who Diana Gordon is? No. No. I guess that's the third song right around it, besides the Zeppelin sample. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Cashmere that was sampled? I'm trying to remember what... Do you know what song it was? I'm trying to remember... It was a hot it. dog. No, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I 
It was not hot dog. It, it should have been. It was the Lemmy Breaks. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Um, yeah, they sample when the levy breaks on it. That's a good song to sample. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to re-listen to it. But my from my memory, I remember just thinking it was okay. Like, But you oh, really like it? Give it another listen. Yeah, I will. I will. Yep. All right. So I want to actually, I had, I had the Alicia Keys one on there too. So that's good. We covered both of those. What did you ever see the documentary? It might get loud. Yeah. I that was great. I love that. That was so Yeah. Cool. I love when he, I haven't seen it in a while, but when it came out, but he, I love when How he. How long ago did that come out? I got to check when that came out. Okay. Go ahead. Keep talking. Sorry. In early 2000s. I want to say 2005, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. The part of the doc, the doc where he, I mean, he's not doing it, but there's somebody drawing his room and sketching out like how he grew up and his creative process when he lived in Detroit. And like, I grew up in a little house and, but I don't know, it was just really cool. Um, Very creative and artistic and really, again, a really great choice of how to describe something that you don't have pictures of and that you don't have any real record of that you can't go back to when you were 12, you know? Um, Yeah. I loved that part of it. And, Cool to see him talking to the Edge and Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page is one of my top guitar players of all time. Uh, Jack White. Every time the Edge or Jimmy Page would talk, and Jack White would like stare at them, you know, with his those eyes of his. I was I, if I were Jimmy Page, I'd be like, just calm down, okay? Even though you're Jack not White even saying stared anything. at them like Sherry saying, "I know Jack White's car." Yeah. <laughs> Strong. And those eyes vibe. were those eyes were intense. Yeah, he's an intense guy. I mean, he really. But sure. the scenes by himself, though, he's such a presence. Yeah, you know what I mean, I remember watching and going, "Oh wow!" You know, he's this guy's a serious. I mean, not that I did. I already liked him, but yeah. I mean, if you're going to do a documentary and you're in it with the Edge and Jimmy Page, and you still carry yourself well. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. At that point in time, did anyone think Jack White was on those two, the level with those two? Right. You're he's sitting in a room with legends that have like 25 plus years behind them, and he's just like, yeah. "Hey, I'm Jack White doing this documentary," and then you're like, "Oh, you're fucking legit. <laughs> like, you're the real deal, bro." <laughs> yeah, I I actually saw Jack White, uh, the White Stripes, at um, Lollapalooza in Chicago, and I remember being in the crowd. And I'm sure this has happened at many concerts and for many people, but I remember just being so moved at this experience because it was Jack White that I'm standing in the crowd and we're all waiting for Jack White to come out. And we're just like, I'm in like the, what would be probably the 30th row from, cause it's all, you know, general admission and whatever. So just what would be probably the 30th row. And I'm standing there and you know, I'm I'm already like elbow and shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow with everyone in the crowd. And then Jack White comes out and in one fell swoop, like every single person in the audience at one time went forward like a magnet to the stage. I mean, he just came out and played one note on the guitar and the whole crowd went like, like a, like a special effects in a fucking horror film where you're just like, the person is like right there on the, like close up to the screen all of a sudden. And now I'm like, oh, okay, because I wanted to be like in 15th or 10th row. And I'm like, oh, well, I got my wish because now I'm 17, you know, like seven or eight rows 
closer now because the whole audience just moved up collectively from the power and the pull of Jack White. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing the rock symbol with my hands, everybody. Uh, the diamond listeners can see you, but not everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, um, you know, Laura just sent me this link. I never even heard of this. There was something he did called American Epic. Have you, either of you guys seen that? No. It's like a, it was on PBS. Mm, <laughs> I heard about it. It's about going across America, right? And going yeah, yeah. How did I never hear of this? This is crazy. Yeah, I've never, I, I haven't seen it. it. Wow. I just heard of it recently. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. We all have that gap in our knowledge, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And then the other one I want to talk about. He's narrating it though, I think. I think that's probably maybe why we don't know it. I I heard, and I could be wrong, so don't don't fact check me, everybody. Um, (laughs) um, I heard that he's uh, just narrating and he's not like in it, but maybe I could be wrong. (laughs) Yeah, but still like a Jack White project. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other one I talk about is just because my, well, I would have talked about it anyways, but my friend Jack sent me this DVD recently because I guess he didn't, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it again, but it was the Under the Great White Northern Lights. Yeah. And I remember watching it, liking it, and he he sent it to me and he goes, you might not like Jack White after watching this. And I'm like, really? I don't remember having that reaction to it. Do you guys, did you... I mean, what did he do in there that was, do you remember it at all or? No. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can, I think I know what he means because there's some moments where he's really talking over Meg and not giving her, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Like he's not giving her a chance to talk or he knows her really well and he knows that she's really quiet and he's just trying to pick up the slack because it's a live interview and you don't want dead silence or big long pauses. So he's trying to make it a compelling interview. So I didn't find that to be off putting, but I know that other people did and they thought he kind of came off maybe not so um, considerate, but there's other moments like in the documentary at the end where he plays uh black moon. Is it black moon? Am I saying that title right? White moon. Ah. Um, I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting my Jack white songs. Well, he's playing that slow song at the end of that uh, documentary and she's crying. He's playing piano. He's sitting at the piano and it's the end of the tour. And, um, she's sitting next to him and she just starts crying. She knows this is the end of, of uh, white stripes is coming soon. And he's consoling her at the end. And he, he hugs her and he kind of like, you know, caresses her head a little bit in her hair. And he's like, Oh, and it's a very, very sweet it's, moment. It's I, I white, moon. White, white moon. moon. That's right. White also, moon, on, get, white also moon. on get behind me, Satan. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, so he's got a lot of great moments too, where he's, sweet and kind and so but i think that that's what people are talking about when they're like oh you might walk away not really like jackie night yeah i guess i guess i must have not remembered that from one because i probably watched it yeah you know it's so weird to think it was that long ago 14 years ago i know because the way especially because the way we're talking about 
like Jack White was the transition from like the 70s great guys to people that came out in the 80s, like you two, and you're like, that was 14 years ago. Now. It's just insane. Just yeah, insane. I know. I like, no, the white stripes haven't been around that long. Yes, they have. And then yes, they're up they for have. the Hall of Fame this year, and you realize, oh yeah, I guess they have. Oh, they are. Oh, that's yeah. great. I didn't they're know that. Great. Oh, that's going to be fantastic to watch. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll well, we will sure. we will alert Jack White that you might be there. So <laughs> tell him to bring <laughs> extra security. <laughs> We're gonna send our guy Morg there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen will also be there. He's going to try to meet you. <laughs> to say sorry, you can't get in to see Jack White, but I, here I am. Uh, yeah. Bruce is going to be in front of the Rock Hall with a little cardboard sign. It says the Lonely Bard. He's just going to be so, available if Jack the White one acoustic. His sign says available if Jack White is not. Yeah, I think he's going to be holding a sign that just says middle management, not the boss. That's what That's I think. Hurtful. More faxes to come. Very More faxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, a couple other things before we do our playlist and finish this up. So when Lazaretto came out, it set a record for the most vinyl sales since 1991. Wow. So he's, he's, he might be one of the, well, he definitely is one of the most important people for bringing vinyl back to yeah. what it is now. I know he's an, he's an innovator. He really has a way of um, moving, moving the needle on things. He's just a true entrepreneur really. Uh, and market, he's really good at marketing. You know, he knows how to yeah promote things and yeah, I, that's not, uh, I didn't know that fact, but that, that tracks that, that, that makes sense to me that that would happen. That's what you said about marketing. That's something I wrote about too, when we were going to talk about uh, first memory. So it wasn't just, so fell in love with girl, great song, but also red and white out the red and white outfits. And are they married? Are they brother and sister? What's going on? So there's all these questions. Yeah. So he created yeah. like that mystique right away, which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. He's and I his... always kind of talk about that. Certain rock stars have this mythology to them. And some people are just almost attracted more to the mythology than the music. Like all these kids that are wearing Nirvana shirts now. Because yeah. Kurt Cobain it's killed nostalgic now and it's... And all that yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> anyways. So I got a couple other quotes that I thought applied to him that I saw. So old times sincerity. I, I agree with that. And then someone called him the coolest, weirdest, and savviest rock star. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's very, every interview I've seen of him, he's just really funny. He's cool. He's quick witted. Um, I just, yeah, I agree with all that. I think he's very savvy. Um, I mean, what other musicians have, I mean, other than like Dollywood, like who else has got like a location you can go visit that they sell, they have a, re I mean, he's got a record label and brought right. vinyl back. I mean, who's doing that? Like it's, he's amazing. Yeah. Like class by himself, truly. And then my last little thing, <laughs> I didn't know he took Meg White's last name. Did yeah, you know that's that, pretty. Pete? 
I think that's pretty cool. What I didn't know, I, let me tell you how uh, out of the loop I was. I bought the um, story that they were brother and sister. Mm. And I think uh, I did too. Initially, why would you not know? Why would you think they were married? Didn't realize that until much, much, much later. Yeah. I didn't either until it came out or something. Yeah. There's no reason not to. You don't, (laughs) we're lying. And then it keeps it going (laughs) because he's got that song, I love Jack White like a little brother, you know? Right. Like, kind of kept that that going, that that little little fib. Mm -hmm. And Beeve, you'll enjoy this. His real name, John Anthony Gillis. And what do the initials spell out? (laughs) there you go awesome that's funny yep yeah very very interesting guy did you know that he has like like 10 brothers and sisters he's the youngest like or nine or something like a lot the facts just keep on coming i mean it's it's crazy well you know he's catholic so right that's insane. You have that many brothers and sisters. Yeah. Oh, so by the time he was, you know, a teenager, his parents were not paying any attention. He was able to just kind of do whatever he wanted and yeah. come and go. And he talks about that and it might get loud. So I'm not, I'm not revealing any uh, inside information here, but yeah. Yeah. My parents stopped paying attention to me too, but they were just like, he's a loss. So whatever. <laughs> it wasn't because of, they were just We're moving on from him. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't like it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, should we move on to the playlists? Sure. Did you do one, Beaver? No. Uh, you guys, I did do a playlist, but you guys go first. Yeah, Beaver's not really a... Well, how would you place yourself, Beaver? It's just like I, a I, middling I, fan, maybe. That's a middling's a good word. You like some stuff, but you're not, you're not a big fan. Yeah. So we definitely. have... I'm a pretty big fan... And Sherry is try- in his backyard right now while we're recording yeah. this podcast. And then we have Deep. So we have the ranges right. of fandom here. Yeah. Super fan, for sure. Yep. yep. That's why we put, that's why we, you're perfect for this one, Sherry. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we you would it, know I... all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. You fill in the gaps where we do not. Um, so am I going first or do you guys want to? Uh, you go first. All I'd right. like to hear someone who's like. Let's do it in order. We'll do it in order of fandom. So Beaver will go first. I'll go second, and Sherry, okay. you close us out for the night. That sounds good. So uh, mine are as follows. Mine is uh, "If I Die Tomorrow." That's solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Seven Nation Army. Uh, obvious choice. Um, basic. Uh, and then I like uh, 16 Saltines. I like that song, Jack White. That's a great song. Um, and then I like that uh, that thing he did with the Elvis song, Power of My Love, where he's mm-hmm. playing the guitar. Have you guys heard that one? Yeah. yeah. I I that. What's that? I don't know that one. It's the Elvis tune. I think he's just playing guitar. Um, it's the it's that Elvis song, Power of My Love. But what it, what's it on? Unless I just know it and didn't realize I knew it. Oh, I'm not sure what album it's off of. All right, I'll check. Go ahead. Um, but uh, then taking me back, also Jack White. Um, 
fell in love with a girl. Oh yeah, that's on. Oh, I know part of my love. That's that's on. Uh, his live live at Third Man Records. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And Power of My Love, you guys, I, I, the Elvis, I think it was in the Elvis movie, if I'm not mistaken. You might be right. Yeah, I think it was in that Elvis movie. So anyway, continue. Oh, and then uh, fell in love with a girl and then uh, steady as she goes mm-hmm. with uh, the Raconteurs. Mm-hmm. And then my last two are Blue Orchid, White Stripes, jam. and then, and then uh, Lazaretto. Also a jam. Yeah, those are, I have a lot of the, I have a lot of the ones you have, Steve. Those are mine. Yeah, I have a lot of the ones you have. I have fell in love with a girl, Seven Nation Army, hardest yeah. button to button, my doorbell, Blue Orchid, I'm shaking. Mm. That's a great song. It and is. Um, steady she goes. Level, that's raconteurs. Hang you from the heavens. That's dead weather. I like the dead weather. Do you like the dead weather beef? I know Sherry doesn't. I I like. I prefer the white stripes. No okay. doubt. Denial twist. Red rain. And then, oh, icky thump, and of course to finish up, fire and twilight by. Wang Chung. <laughs> that's, that's on every last uh, <laughs> playlist. Uh, and uh, no truth to the rumor that uh, Jack White and Wang Chung are planning a reunion album. <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> well, next time I come on here for whatever else, I want a confirmation on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so my list, I, I feel like it's a little long, but uh, everyone's gonna have to just deal with it because I couldn't, I couldn't uh, compromise on anything. But and wait, I, so how, what did you end up with? Did you, did you calculate your minutes? N- n- no, I, I think it's probably <laughs> no. I think it's probably more than forty-five minutes, but under <laughs> under. Oh, it's probably not under an hour. I'm just gonna read my list, and then you guys could do what you want with the list. Um, oh, that's fine. But, so uh, here we go. And most of my, the cuts are deep cuts. I don't really have a lot of hits on here, but whatever. Hello mm-hmm. Operator, uh, which is the White Stripes. Bone Broke, which I love that song. Uh, Salute Your Solution, which is the Tours. Rag and Bone. Um, I love Rag and Bone. Do you guys know that song? Yes. Rag and Bone, where they're talking. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. That yes. song is so funny. Like the lyrics where he's like, oh, Meg, don't be rude. They might need it. If you don't want it, we'll take it. If you don't want to give it to us, we keep walking by. We might keep going. We're not tired. We've got plenty of places to go. we got the outhouse, the west side, the south. It's just, oh, my God, that song just, it makes me laugh because he's so Jack White, and he just Jack Whites out, and I love it. Um, so um, Rag and Bone, Attention by the Raconteurs, 300 mile per hour out for blues, which is an amazing jam. And jam catch hell <laughs> oh my god so good five on five rack on tours let's build a home let's build a home by the white stripes is definitely that's my cat uh, my cat likes let's build a home apparently um <laughs> too. the cat would uh, like to, to uh, weigh in on this list yeah uh let's build a home i love all the woo 
I mean, he's just got so much energy in that song and it's so invigorating. I love that song so much. Um, uh, Consolers of the Lonely, Steady As She yes. Goes. Uh, yeah, you guys have Steady As She Goes. Um, These Stones Will Shout, uh, Blue Orchid, and mm -hmm. Safety Dance. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, uh, that's that's my list. Um, so it's a good, good one. Good mix of um, raconteurs and the White Stripes. And, you know, a lot of deep cuts like... Um, Ragged Bone and Attention and uh, Five on Five. That I don't know if you guys know that song, but that song is like, that song is so great. I love that one. I love um, that. I like that song. He's got so many. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. I said. There's not like you put his stuff on. You're never like, eh. Yeah, I, I, I'm like that. I'm never like, eh. I know. I'm never like, oh, that's a throwaway. That that yeah. song sucks. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. Bone Broke is also like the lyrics in that chorus. Uh, uh, your mother put her money into platinum and now you never have to pay attention. I'm like, oh God, that's such a great lyric. I love it. Harry, do me a favor, uh, text me your list and I'll put it on my Spotify. Okay. Whenever we do these, I put one on my Spotify. I'll put Jagbags podcast, and then I'll put my playlist. My Jack, my White Stripes ones are, or my Jack White ones are already up, but I'll put Jagbags podcast, Cherry Adams White Stripe playlist. So if oh, anybody great! Now it's going to be on Spotify. All will be revealed that it's like an hour and twenty minute playlist. That's fine. But if anybody that's wants fine. to no, hear these fine. songs that you talk about, they can go to my um, yeah. Spotify and listen to them. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen is texting yeah, right just now. Text, He's going to send his playlist as well. <laughs> <laughs> just text me that. So okay, we'll as I was been going back and forth now, because just, just to check stuff, there's, <laughs> there's another one that said Jack White went five days with no food while writing new LPs. <laughs> oh, wow. That is dedication. Creative experiment. It. Had to get it out. Commitment. Wow. But it, for, yeah, the two recent ones, which I, I like both of them, Fear of the Dawn and Entering Heaven Alive. Yeah, I, I was listening to Entering Heaven Alive today. And um, what was the Jack White song on yours, uh, Beeve, that you liked? Uh, uh, Die Alone? The Die Alone song's really good. I like that one a lot. If I Die Tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, if I Die Tomorrow. Um, I sorry. like that. That's, I just... I just kind of got acquainted with that album today in preparation for this. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that album like, you know, backward and forward, like I do the White Stripes stuff. So I was, I was like, oh, If I Die Tomorrow is a really strong song. I like that a lot. Yeah. He, uh, he's just the master of like, getting that big sound out. He just did mm -hmm. such a big, huge sound. And, you know, from a single like guitar and Marshall, pretty amazing what he's able to. Yeah, to yeah. I mean, and for the listeners, I, if I had to recommend to people what to do, if you wanted to do a deep dive of Jack White, I would say go watch Under the Great White Northern Lights, Google Jack White interviews with Conan O'Brien Catholicism <laughs> immediately. They're hilarious. I, and, uh, I missed those. How did I miss those? That's crazy. And there's, um, yeah, there's some really old like MTV interviews with Jack White that are really great. Um, 
I think one of them is with uh, the VJ Kennedy. I think it's with Kennedy and it's a really good interview. It's really funny and it's really um, compelling. And he's, they, they have really good just chemistry and conversational chemistry. It's, it's an interesting interview. Um, so that would be, those would be my recommendations. If anyone is wanting to learn more about the amazing Jack White. Um, what song I put on my best of 2022 from those two albums. I put the white Raven. That's a good song. What else put on? Most recent album. Yeah. Okay. Good yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah, I got to check that one out, get better acquainted with it. But yeah, I mean, he's got so much, there's no shortage. That's of good the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, no shortage of like great songs that rock and that are just so heartfelt and like White Moon is, is slow and moody and haunting. And yeah, he's just. I think like, most of the, most of the great musicians, they just play music all the time because that's what they that's what they want to do right yeah and i, I was just thinking about that because sometimes when people disappear you're like what because we were talking about lauren hill a couple of weeks ago yeah. oh she just stopped which is just like what right <laughs> right but most of the how can you like stop something you've done all your life and then all of a sudden like mm, you know what no i mean right. does that mean you don't play music at all like if you have it like you have a career of like, oh, you get something in your head and you're like, oh, I got to, you know, write that down or, mm-hmm. you know, pick up my instrument and play it. Yeah. And then just to, you've done that all your life. And all of a sudden you're like, you just don't do that anymore. Yeah. To, to abandon anything that you've done, that is a part, such a big part of you. And in many cases, so much a part of your identity, it seems like. It's weird. It, it seems like you're having an identity crisis. Like, okay, so that's over. Right? You're you're not a musician. Right. Like Fleetwood Mac, which is another Billy Joel. We, we just did the podcast on them. All the insanity that went on in that group, and they stayed together through all the infidelity, and cocaine. They should have been called Cocaine Mac. They really, yeah. <laughs> if it didn't right. sound like <laughs> Fleetwood Coke. Yeah. yeah. And they just they kept coming back together. Yeah. Yeah, they just like the music more. I mean, there's there's just yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you if you were making like music a, that good? I'm say it again. Why wouldn't you if you're making music that good? Yeah, yeah. you can put aside our difference. But there's that separate thing to it. It's like that's what drives you. You just wake up and you're like, you're just. I feel like these they're always teeming with ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so you, every day they wake up and they're like, all right, I got I got this song that's so I can, in my head and. I can handle seeing my ex-wife with her new insane boyfriend. <laughs> and so I can I can deal with it. I can do it. I can I can put up with it. Because that's that's number one. Yeah. That's number one. It's like I gotta right. make the music. Right. right. Yeah. Like it's interesting. You know, they, they'd be in the studio and lava is pouring down a hill, coming to their entrance. Like, just wait, wait, let's just finish this first. And then we'll <laughs> that's how I feel like the greats are, you know? Let me just, let me just stack these vocals real quick before the hurricane comes and gets us or the lava. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Totally, if I die, this will be my feels, gift to the world. All the crazy stories you read, that's what it feels like. I agree. Yeah, you're, compelled. You, you're, you're compelled to create whatever you're, whatever you're thinking of. And I mean, Jack White talks about creativity a lot and how, especially in uh, 
particularly in Under the Great White Northern Lights, there's a scene where he talks about creativity and how restriction and having like restrictions in your life is what creates, gives you the most inspiration for creativity rather than having all of these options and tons of money and tons of freedom with no deadlines. That's right. not how you become the most create your create most creative self. Your most creative self usually comes from creating struggle and problems and restriction and having no money. And how do I create this amazing song on a budget? How do I, whatever it is, how do I create this movie on this really small budget? Well, I guess I'm going to have to get creative because I don't have a $40 million budget and I really want to make this thing or whatever. So, um, yeah, he's just Jack White and Fleetwood Mac and all these greats. I think they really are just compelled to make the greatest piece of art of whatever it is that they're feeling. And it almost doesn't matter um, what happens with it or what, if it's a hit or whatever. I think a lot of hits, like in Jack White's case, like Seven Nation Army was an accident. He didn't, he wasn't thinking that that was going to be an anthem, that people were going to sing that guitar riff. He had no idea you know, so I think a lot of it is just you're doing something that you feel and it means something to you. You hope it resonates with others. Right. It probably, if it doesn't suck, it will because it's authentic. I mean, if it's authentic, it will be good. And I think yeah. that's what, you know, John Mellencamp, all the greats that have in common is there's an authenticity and a sense, would you say an old time sincerity that someone said about Jack White? And yeah. Yeah. they yeah. all, they, most really great musicians have an old time sincerity that, that is, there's something uh, pointing back to their influences and you can hear it, but it's done through their lens, through an original, in, in an original way through their lens. So yeah. yeah, the creative process is uh, interesting to talk about. Very. I always, but, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah. I think boredom helps too. When you yeah. get bored, especially growing up. Yeah. and Or if you feel like, I don't want to be here. Because yeah. that gets your brain going. But that's, yeah. the worry, that's the worry nowadays. So you're like, okay, are people going to be as creative? Or they now do they just look at their phone when they're bored? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that kids get bored. That's a real problem. You do need to be bored. And you need to like think, you need to have restrictions, having everything at your fingertips, like Jack White said, if we follow that philosophy of having everything at your fingertips and being able to just at the push of a button, be stimulated and not bored is not great for your mind. It's not great for um, inspiring ideas. I mean, you do have to be alone with yourself and thinking and, and bored and I'm going to go play guitar. There's nothing else to do. And then yeah. become great at it because you're, yeah tinkering around because you have nothing else to do. I, yeah. Plus it's finding, nice. finding what you're good at too. Mm -hmm. That too. That and too. giving yourself the room to find what you're good at by being bored and, right. and exploring other things rather than just getting on TikTok and taking the easy way out to just like, Oh, I'll just stroll or, you know, troll the internet and like waste four hours watching this girl talk about how she puts on her makeup or whatever. Like, right. <laughs> something yeah. like, so mindless yeah i think if you're and it requ requires action too like you can be bored but if you're just gonna like stroll scroll through four hours of tiktok videos that's one thing but if you're like oh i'm gonna be creative you know you can find a way to be creative i suppose on tiktok 
maybe uh, like make a video, you know, of your own. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there's like Jack White had the, you know, you could just tell he was like bursting with energy and ideas that went beyond just music. Um, and we make yeah. that third man studios is an amazing place. That's just kind of right. a testament. And to, he's, he's, yeah. He's a true entrepreneur and a true yeah. innovator. Um, and, you know, he actually, you know, he has two kids and a boy and a girl. I don't know what their age is now. Got to be 14, maybe 15, but when they were like nine, 10, 11, and it was the time where, parents were getting their kids cell phones he did not get them cell phones and he was very much against them having access to technology and he was trying to keep them away from technology as much as possible because he wanted to facilitate creative environments for them and he knew that right. that would be the death of creativity for his kids so right. i think that's it's interesting um that he Put that together and you know he doesn't i think he also doesn't really allow cell phones at his some of his shows you have to put him in one of those cases or whatever if i'm not mistaken i don't know i think a lot i think a lot of people do that nowadays yeah yeah like, i saw dave Chappelle and chris rock and they did that and yeah you had to go four hours without your cell phone which was interesting and i was like oh this is really funny i should write it down on my cell phone so i don't forget this joke and then I'm like, oh, I don't have my cell phone. Okay, guess yeah. I'm not going to write it down. Yeah. Like, he just got, happened, yeah. He just got divorced and, and remarried, too. He divorced yeah, he the did. mother of his two children and mm -hmm. like last year, I think. Yeah, a couple got married. of years, yes. He got married, remarried last year to, I don't know her name. Some. Your she, enemy, I think. Is yeah, I was going to say her. some harlot. I hate her. No. <laughs> <laughs> we won't speak her name. Damn her. <laughs> Olivia Jean. Olivia Jean. Olivia Jean. I knew there was a Jean in there. Is Jean, Gina, something like that? No, she's really talented. I, I listened to her music. and She has her own band, good. right? Yeah, she has her own band. She's, she's really, really good. Um, it's interesting too. Like he, he always seems to end up with women who are musical. Sure. Um, Karen Elson was a musician. Of course, mm -hmm. Meg White he was married to, she's a musician. This girl's a musician. So it's such a, you know, it's so integrated into his identity and his being that I don't know if he could be with a girl who's just like, I'm a copywriter or, you know, <laughs> like whatever. Like I think he'd be like, <laughs> I only listen to Jag bags. That's my entertainment. I am a go. podcast listener. That's what I, I do. Well, thanks for having me on, you guys. Yeah, really thank it. you. Um, it was. Uh, it's always great to have you on. We'll come up with another uh, musician for us to talk about and have you yeah. back on on the program. That'd be great. And we, we want to thank everyone for listening, uh, and please. Follow us. We are on, we are not on TikTok because we're too old, but we are <laughs> on Twitter. And Vive and, and I were bored growing up. We were bored. So, but we, that's, we do, we can't understand that. So we are on Twitter and Facebook with all the other old people yeah. uh, and on Instagram. Um, and then we're available wherever fine podcasts are found. Just type in Jag Bags podcast, wherever platform you're on, hit that subscribe button and you'll get, outstanding content like the episode we've just recorded straight to your device. And if there's a topic you want to uh, see discussed, drop us a line. If we pick it, we're going to send you a Jag Bags t-shirt free of charge. 
This is all the rage down at Third Man Studio. Everyone's walking around <laughs> wearing jag bags, uh, t-shirts. Uh, so yeah, uh, well, I I hate to be with dismiss, the cool crowd. I mean, I hate to say bad things about the topic we've been discussing, but he has a jack bags t-shirt. Jack, you know, they, you know, it's a little sad. Every, it's a little not sad. Every, not every idea can be a winner. You know? yeah. and it's like I, okay, Jack, we we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Your initials are Jag. You have a Jack Bags T-shirt. We know you're a fan. We know. So, but uh, thanks again to our guest Sherry Adams. Always great to see you and hear your uh, awesome takes on musicians. And we want to thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, when you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags in your ear. <laughs>